Time for the uh, Global Threat Solutions Report. Global Threat Solutions, 100% military veteran-owned security investigations firm. Global headquarters are right here on Long Island, Suffolk County. Also offices in the city, Miami, L.A., overseas Frankfurt. Uh, and Mumbai, the Global Threat Solutions CEO, Captain Ken Bombay, Bombay, excuse me, over 21 years of law enforcement intelligence experience. Serving as a military intelligence officer in the Middle East, his company provides so much. Employee background checks, surveillance, criminal cases, civil cases, business intelligence. For peace of mind in uncertain times, you go to the website, great site, globalthreatsolutions.com. You make a phone call, 646-946-6649. The aforementioned Captain Ken Bombase, uh, great to have you, my friend. And certainly... Morning, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Indeed, a lot to digest uh, from this past weekend, and we are talking balloons. And I'll tell you, uh, the threat in a big way continues in a huge way here as far as China and the United States. Go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, Jay, this entire incident is troubling on many levels. I mean, first, obviously, is the response of the Biden administration to what we just witnessed. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions that we need answered, and I'm, I'm hoping we'll get those answers. But first, why did they not take action when it was approaching the Alaskan coast? Did they detect it in time to take action before it flew over Alaska? And why was it not shot down as it approached the Aleutian Islands? And also, Jay, you know, this is a, a clear NORAD mission, which is a joint U.S.-Canadian uh, defense strategy. And why did the Canadian, didn't Canadian planes target it when it entered their airspace? There's a lot of territory in Alaska, even the Northwest Territories, where it could have been targeted by U.S. and Canadian military assets. If yeah. people hadn't literally seen it with their own eyes and reported it, would the Biden administration even advise the U.S. population about this incident? Would they have still shot it down? Had we had someone not literally spotted it in the sky in, in uh, Montana? And there's a lot of questions. Did they transmit the information prior to us shooting it down? I'm confident they did. I know there's some debate about that. And, you know, there's even some concern that China might have, might use these weather uh, uh, cover for these spy balloons because they know that our current government is so sympathetic to, to anything to do with climate change right now, and that's why they picked that strategy. Um, yeah. And then, and then, of course, Jay. The second issue is our ability to identify and respond to these spy balloons and other threats quickly and efficiently. I mean, these are a known threat to the U.S. military, and they've targeted other countries, other continents. How did this thing? How did they get so close before we're even able to detect them? And if we did, we should have done something. These are the questions that I think we need answered right now. You know, the problem is, Captain. You want answers. I don't feel confident that we're going to get the the truthful answers. And that is the problem with this administration. I'm sorry. You know, this this balloon is hovering over Montana. These are missile silos. You know, from there into the state of Missouri. Uh, more bases there. I mean, come on. A weather, a climate-type balloon? This is This is what China gives you? For an answer, if if the president knew about this, the Pentagon said, you know what, let's wait. Why did the Pentagon, let's say, wait? Why, why did they say wait? I, I don't understand that. If you see a, a, a very suspicious uh, type of balloon 
hovering 60,000 feet up there, why would the Pentagon direct the president, or at least advise the president, you know, sir, we need to wait a little bit here. Why? That's the thing I can't understand. I, I don't understand that. Why would the Pentagon say that, Cap? So, this was a decision made by this administration. And if there was plenty of opportunity, Jay, to shoot this down. And this brings in other questions. When it was going over Alaska, before it reached Alaska, when it was going over uh, Canada, and when it was flying over Montana, I just listened to the, the governor of Montana say there was plenty of options to shoot it down, even over Montana. Lots and lots of room there where they would not have the risk of, of this thing crashing down and hitting people. Right. And it was a decision by this administration. So now people are wondering again about the relationship with the Biden administration and the Chinese government and, and why they would have hesitated. Listen, here's what it comes down to. I mean, let's just cut to the chase here. China knows we are all about weakness right now with this administration. I mean, can you imagine this being done, let's say, in the Reagan years? Can you imagine anybody of leadership quality, how they would handle this? And the problem is we always go back to the leadership stage. We don't have any. We don't have strength in the White House. Can you imagine China is floating a balloon above our airspace, checking out our silos, important information from a military standpoint, and we're just sitting around. You just mentioned the governor of Montana said we had ample time to take this balloon out. We didn't. And I think it was a provocative measure based on weakness how China is going about their business. I mean, it's so obvious. I mean, do they, do they think we're fools here? I mean, come on. The whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah. So, beyond in my opinion, there were two motives for this mission. And the first one was to gather intelligence on U.S. military capabilities. Specifically, Jay, they flew over Maelstrom Air Force Base. They went right over this Air Force Base that is part of U.S. Air Force's 341st Missile Wing, and that's part of our Global Strike Command. I mean, this wasn't by accident. They weren't just cruising through Montana for weather. And and that's why they flew over that, and we allowed them to do that. The Biden administration now says that, well, he, he advised them to shield because they'd be flying over. We That's not possible. They gathered information in this operation, clearly. So, as I said, the first part motive for them, Jay, was to test was to get gather intelligence on our US military capabilities and the second one was like you said to test this administration to a blatant intrusion of our sovereign airspace and Jay we failed we got an F we just basically watched them fly across the country did nothing about it until they were over the the uh, the water and and by that time all of that information had been transmitted sent a weak message and i know that they tried to com- then, then uh, water this down a bit by saying, well, there was three of these during the Trump administration, which none of those officials have any knowledge of. But they're saying they were undetected, which to me is scary as far as our capabilities go. But also, it then comes out, yeah, they, they crossed over, um, you know, uh, parts of Texas and Florida. It's big difference from what we're talking about here. They're talking about something that Central or South America, and they crossed over parts of Texas of, or Florida. is a lot different than hovering over in a, in a slow um, 
uh, spy balloon over one of our key Air Force bases, specifically part of the missile wing of the Global Strike Command. There's no comparison here whatsoever. They're just trying to respond. And again, Jay, I'm confident that if we didn't have people literally spot this from the ground, which is ridiculous that that's how we first heard of this, they wouldn't have, would we have had a press release saying, hey, by the way, we're tracking a spy balloon? I don't think so. And to me, that's scary that that's what this, how this administration would have handled this. It's crazy. It really is. I mean, you know, we're told that, you know, they disabled the balloon and everything else wasn't transmitting anything, or at least that's the story. Uh, how is it that it was able to cross over every military base, Camp Lejeune, Strategic Era Command, our ICBMs? I mean, if they actually disabled the darn thing, how is it that it was still to continue on a very crazy path, Cap, covering every military base and sensitive installation? How is that possible? Yeah, and they're saying that it blew off course, Jay. No, they controlled this this spy balloon. It didn't blow off course. They were able to steer this thing. We know that. So that is that's not true in itself. And they again, they tested us. They sent this, and there's a big difference here. Like we have satellites, obviously uh, very high satellites that'll cross over the U.S. for intelligence purposes. They're moving very fast. This thing is hovering. We don't even know the capabilities of this apparatus they just sent here. Size of like three buses, just hovering very slowly, which gives them an ability, a potential ability to gather much more intelligence. We don't even know the capabilities of it. So this had to be taken very seriously. And now, another, what I would say is our response needs to continue, Jay. All right, yeah, we shot it down. That was in our right to do that. Now, we should, be, we should be launching sanctions against them. This is our greatest threat right now is China. That's our greatest enemy, and we have a lot. But they're our greatest enemy right now. It's part of their doctrine is to defeat America. And we need to take it seriously. It's like we never respond appropriately to these incursions, something like this. This is done right during a time when we were supposed to be having a big meeting and uh, sending our Secretary of State to meet with their, their diplomats and their, their leaders. This is ridiculous. We need to take it seriously. We should be launching sanctions and, and calling them exactly what they are, which is an enemy. China has expressed its strong dissatisfaction and protest against this decision. They are accusing us of overreacting and seriously violating international practice. Meanwhile, by the way, you had another balloon spotted over Latin America, which belongs to China and was used for flight tests according to a, a Chinese uh, foreign ministry spokesperson. So how does China respond to all this, in your estimation? Well, there was there were some messages they put out about that they reserve the right now to respond because we shouldn't have basically shot down their spy balloom. But most experts and think tanks right now who study these things are saying that they, they think they're, they realize they were caught with this and that there there will be no... Uh, aggressive response from them, from, from the Chinese government. They were still trying to salvage this meeting. It's important to them, Jay, because right now China's not doing well. They have a lot of issues that they face, not, not the least of which was the COVID-19 uh, lockdown, which they just were forced to just very recently um, lift, and that's because of their own people. And, and it's hurt their economy drastically. And they have other issues. They have huge population issues they're facing. 
over there where in the next 10 years that's going to uh, impact their country, their economy, their ability to, um, to grow. So I think they have a lot of issues. It was important for us to get there. I think, honestly, they, they wanted, economically speaking, they really wanted to, uh, to improve relations with the U.S. and China. But they do it at the exact same time. Their target is targeting us with intelligence uh, spy balloons flying over our country right now. So a strong message needs to be sent. I don't think they're going to respond in any, any real way because of this, because they know they were wrong. I don't know. I got an ominous feeling here. You know, it started years ago. You don't even go back to Wuhan in the lab. You have Taiwan, Hong Kong. Very tense situations right now. Blinken, as you mentioned, was supposed to meet. The Secretary of State was supposed to head over there. Um, I don't know. It's it's a very, very tense situation. And it's not going to get better. I don't have a good feeling about it. Um, And the culmination in a couple of years, who knows? Uh, Who knows? I hate to say it. But uh, it is not. Uh, it is not looking good. This is our adversary, number one right now, number one in the world. Okay, and uh, these are these are two powers right now. Now the problem is we don't have a lot of strength as far as anything is concerned. You know, Joe Biden is, the, is looking like a fool uh, all over the world. That does not help the cause. But right now. Uh, if you ask me, China was waiting for this to happen as far as this type of response, and it only gives them the impetus to do something else as far as a return serve here. Yeah. I mean, Jay, it's what we've always talked about. Right now, There, it seems we're so caught up in domestic political nonsense, constant infighting right now. And you look at the threats are greater than I've ever experienced in my lifetime as, as an Army officer. Uh, as a law enforcement professional, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, we haven't even been able to get to like uh, Iran being uh, having tar- being targeted because of their nuclear aspirations and Israel and the tensions that are go that are existing right now over there. Um, we haven't even talked about that. We have North Korea. We have obviously Russia and Ukraine, which is you know we have a hot war in in East Europe right now. It's something I never thought we would see occurring the way it is occurring and everyone kind of sitting in the sidelines just watching to see how this thing unfolds every day there's possible escalation now we're sending tanks but we're going to hold off on jets um there's so every day we just watch to see what's going to happen there and then china whose primary purpose is to defeat america Uh, the threats are so great and like you say our military is just not ready we don't have the leadership we don't have the leadership in place. We've spent so much money on nonsense in this country right now. We worry about such nonsense. You know, everyone wants to talk about how we have not everybody. Some people want to talk about how climate change is our greatest threat. We literally have a, a foreign leader of throwing out threats of nuclear retaliation against us. I mean, I'm not, I'm not so sure right now that the climate change is our greatest threat we face. We have a lot of threats, and I think this country needs to wake up. I would love to think tomorrow, Jay, in State of the Union, we're going to hear some, some talk that would suggest that they're going to address this and build our military and invest where we need to. But I just don't feel confident in that. I don't feel confident at all. we got a State of the Union tomorrow night. I do know we have a $31.5 trillion debt. This administration has spent $13 trillion, $14 billion or so, give or take, regarding climate uh, Stav, I tell you, it's a tough deal. It's a tough deal right now. And this president, 
has not been transparent at all on anything. He's only had 22 press conferences during his administration. I mean, that is unbelievable. And uh, and quite frankly, what is he going to say tomorrow night? He's going to dress all this stuff down. This thing was brewing since since Blinken met with Chinese officials in Alaska way back, if you remember. You know, I mean, it's it's a very very intense situation right now, and uh, and only uh, only getting worse. That's the way I kind of see it. Unfortunately, uh, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what he says tomorrow night, though. Uh, the captain with us, Global Threat Report, Ken Bomb Base. Uh, you want to jump to the Murdar trial, uh, Cap? Uh, this is a fascinating situation happening right now uh, in uh, in a Massachusetts courtroom here, uh, where you have an individual is accused of killing his son, his wife, back and forth. Maybe some troubles from in the financial world that he existed. Uh, judge with a very important decision to let evidence go through there. Uh, very important stuff. You have a housekeeper's son who testified a couple of days ago. Uh, really uh, put a lot of light on this whole thing as far as insurance money and everything else. So you got a, a lot of stuff brewing in this very intensified case. Yeah. Jay, this is a crazy case, and one reason is because South Carolina allows cameras in the courtroom. So it's right. become a dose of true crime for America. Uh, this doesn't, in this case, does not disappoint as far as true crime goes because it's really bizarre, and, and it seems like a case of green got, greed gone wild. Um, as we all know by this point, this guy had a very prominent family name in South Carolina and had a very prestigious law firm. Uh, and now, although this case is just about Alex murder, uh, uh, Murdoch murdering his wife and son, the incidents leading up to it you just mentioned are bizarre. We, we had the Stephen Smith back in 2015 who was found dead on the side of the road, and the Murdoch name was consistently mentioned throughout the investigation. And there was a discrepancy about how this kid died. Then in 18, their longtime housekeeper, like you said, fell and hit her head at the house. And they just call the police and say she's dead. She died, hit her head at their house. And then there's a whole financial fraud case that comes from that because he puts in a claim for the insurance that he had this umbrella policy and doesn't give it to the family and keeps the money. And he's now being charged with that as well. 2019, the son, uh, Paul Murdoch, he, he takes a bunch of kids out on a boat. He's driving the boat. And in a crazy turn of events, he hits a bridge and only his girlfriend goes missing. And, and she, they later find out that they have video and he's buying alcohol. He put fake ID. He was three times the legal limit. So ultimately, not initially, he's then charged with operating a boat while intoxicated. Um, then in 21, Alex Murdoch calls 911 saying his son Paul and his wife were shot, which is the, the basis for the case we're all watching every sing, single day now. And that was on a 1,700-acre hunting lodge property. So then that happens. Then in April 21, the investigation into Stephen Smith, the kid, found dead on the side of the road, is reopened. And now that's an investigation. Um, and they did that, Jay, because they found evidence during the, the murder of the son and his wife that led them to believe they need to reopen the investigation about the, the kid who was killed on the side of the road. Then also in 21, Alex resigns from his own law firm due to allegations that he's taken money. 
And the very next day, is he calls 911 and says he's shot in the head on the side of the road while changing his tire. And he's just treated for a superficial wound. They end up, Jay, they arrest some guy who, who he says shot him. Meanwhile, it turns out this guy says, no, he gave me the gun. He told me to shoot him. And the, he told me that to do it because he wanted his other son to get the insurance money. And then uh, now Murdo's law firm launched a criminal investigation. He has a ton of additional charges than what we're seeing, all financial crimes, mostly fraud. Um, I mean, this is a crazy case that everyone's watching right now. And like I said, it's on TV. So I think it keeps everyone's interest. And I, I don't think too many people watching this right now would say that, you know, are, are even debating the fact that this guy's guilty based on what we've seen so far. It's just a question of whether or not they're going to be able to put a strong enough case together to charge him with this crime. Either way, he's going to do some jail time because he has a lot of other charges pending. I'll tell you, because everything is leaning towards against him. There's no question. Uh, fascinating case. I might have mentioned Massachusetts in South Carolina. There's so many cases. It's like you have to pinpoint it. We're talking about the Walsh case, of course, Massachusetts. That's a whole other thing. Um, good stuff. We will await. And... Uh, very interesting times, uh, my friend, but I know you're on top of this stuff, so uh, we look forward to the next uh, conversation with you. Great. Thanks, Jay. I look forward to it. Appreciate it all. Global Threat Solutions for peace of mind in uncertain times. GlobalThreatSolutions.com. Remember that website. A great website. And, of course, uh, the number to call any questions on anything. As far as all the services that Global Threat provides, 646-946-6649.